Okay. Hit Slay, 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 slay. Work, 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 work. What else does he say? He says one more. Slay work. I think I saved it. Important. Yeah, I favorited it. Slay, 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 work, 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 yes, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Two Friends in a Pod, a place for friends to catch up on all things movies, music, TV, and pop culture. So this week we're going to be talking about Selling Sunset Season 5, the latest season, also White Hot, that new Abercrombie & Fitch documentary. But just to catch you guys up on what we've been watching slash playing over the weekends, I think we'll start off first with the latest thing that we've done, which is we watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the new Nicolas Cage movie. So what happened with this movie was we saw the trailer for it when we were watching, what movie was it? Was it Morpheus? Morbius? It's Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> which, oh is, which is shit. <laughs> I totally forgot we watched that. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> yeah, so we saw the trailer for it and we were like, wow, that's really wild. Like that trailer just looks insane. And we already had our interests like set on that movie and then I think it was an Instagram competition just a very random one with a bookstore in Sydney and we entered it and out of the 34 participants <laughs> I was able to secure a double pass Woo! <laughs> love a free movie especially to a movie that we actually want to watch as well I think it was worth watching <laughs> more painful Morbius with it thank you Jared later <laughs> The one good thing is done for us. <laughs> Inspired us to watch a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. So, yeah, we watched that uh, actually just a couple of days ago. I think we had the same thought coming out of the movie, which was, what just happened? <laughs> like, what did, what did I just watch? Yeah. What else entered my brain? And I'm, like, struggling to interpret it. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually think... It was just so clever that we didn't get it. <laughs> it was just like too clever, I think. And in a way, I think I really liked that it was because it felt very unique and interesting. And I really like the direction that Nicolas Cage has been taking his career, I think. I think um, he's just become very self-aware. So I know he's like famous from all his movies he's done in like the 80s and 90s and stuff. To be honest, I haven't watched like that many of them. I think it was really Mandy that really oh, drew me in as a Nicolas Cage fan. Yeah. yeah. So we watched that movie together as well. It was, <laughs> it was like, like, what is happening? <laughs> it was like, this is incredible. The colors, the lights, the sounds, like, this is so good. Um, that was yeah. pure art. <laughs> but I would agree, like, he's sort of, you know, people made fun of him. He kind of, like, ascended to meme status and was more mm-hmm. just making fun of how extra and dramatic he is. And then he sort of turned that around and made that his calling card. Like, we go to see that and it's good mm-hmm. because of that, because he brings that energy and that, I don't know, like he's just screaming at the camera and you love him for it. <laughs> so I yeah. think, yeah, so this movie, when we saw the trailer, it's Nicholas, it's Nicholas Cage as Nicholas Cage. So he's playing himself in a <laughs> fictional universe, but it's like very much in this universe. He's an actor. He's trying to find his next project so you're kind of like blurring the lines between what's real and what's not so it's like almost documentary style or I don't know mockumentary style but it's not at the same time it's so bizarre and then (laughs) I like I don't even know how to explain this without like giving any spoilers away to be honest because I think it just the plot line moves in a way that you're just like, well, I guess we're here now, and then I guess we're here now. And I think there's also a lot of like references to Nicolas Cage in this Nicolas Cage movie. So it's like, yeah, you're taking references from like the real life and then putting it in this fictional world where people do know who Nicolas Cage is, but only he's the famous one. Like no one else is famous. Mm-hmm. So they've got famous actors in it i don't know is that yeah like, like pedro pascal is in it yeah like in his in this, he's just like a random guy a rich yeah. guy he's not pedro pascal the actor whereas nick cage is nick the cage, nick cage. Yes. and then yeah and nick cage specifically who was in scarface who was mm. in mandy who was in national treasure so it's like 
the meta really is. like I think it on messes, so many levels it really messes <laughs> my brain but I think like it's just so cleverly done like it's seamless in the movie yeah but yeah you had to do a lot of thinking and I was just like what okay like I guess we're here <laughs> yeah I think for us it was like oh it's 7 p.m on a work night I can't do any more mm-hmm. thinking but yeah mm. also it's like there's so many layers to like it being meta it's about storytelling it's about the film industry it's about what we expect of actors and uh mm. you know what we want from them and all that sort of stuff and the pressures on Nicolas Cage himself and his reputation mm-hmm. and all that it's like all packed in one and then I think it's just like the film switches gears so quickly mm-hmm. like at one point it's a funny joke and at one point it gets really tense so I would say don't read about it I think it's best to go in sort of mm-hmm. blind and let it take you because I guess we had watched the trailer but we didn't know that much about it yeah and it, yeah it was a wild ride <laughs> it was definitely wild and it's very very fun but yeah, yeah I would agree like don't read too much into it yet just go in and watch it but even watching the trailer I think it doesn't quite really set you up for mm-hmm. what it is I agree. Um, yeah it, it, from the trailer, I think I believed that it was just like a buddy comedy. Mm. I think it's more than but that. It's more than that. Yeah, Commentary. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal is so good in it as well. Oh my god! I think just excellent acting. Exactly what you would expect from a movie. I yeah. think a really solid surprise. I think for me. And if you're a Nick Cage fan, I think you will definitely. Oh, definitely, definitely. There's yeah. so many references. I think I probably only caught like one percent. Like. It's- <laughs> Layers on layers on layers. It was really good. And then the other thing that we've been watching is soundtrack number one, which is a Korean drama. We've been on the Korean drama, I think. We're back. back. (laughs) It is what it is. But this one's new on Disney and it's only four episodes, which is like probably the best bit about it. (laughs) It's very succinct. You just get through it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's the perfect length for the plot line. Mm. which is about like unrequited love and friends turned lovers, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was explaining the plot today and it just sounds so stupid. I was like, oh, it's about this like lyricist, but she can't like write well, like her lyrics aren't very good because she doesn't know about real love. (laughs) Somehow she's this really successful lyricist (laughs) with like a banging house and like expensive designer. Yeah. And then um, this boy has liked her for like eight years. (laughs) And so they get together. That's it. That's so compelling. <laughs> Doesn't make you want to watch it at all. If anyone else told me, I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I would forget about the show. Yeah, I'd be like, it. I'm definitely not going to watch it. I would not be watching that. Yeah. And yeah, like, I don't know. What did you think about it? Did you, would you put that as like top tier, like drama, romance? I wouldn't. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. I wouldn't put it top tier. Like it didn't sweep me away. I wasn't overwhelmed by the story or the characters. But I think the saving grace of it is that it's four episodes. So it's just like a simple tale done right. And just get to go along for four episodes and meet the characters and watch their story unfold. And it's just like a sweet story. So you enjoy it. But it's like if it had been any longer, I think I'd be like, oh, I'm not interested in it anymore. Yeah. Maybe I won't finish watching it. But because it was just so tightly done, it's like, yeah, okay, mm. it's cute. There's cute people being cute. What more yeah. can you ask for? <laughs> and I think because, yeah, they only had the four episodes to play with, they didn't introduce too many other, like, subplot yeah. lines, which is something that we usually get with Korean dramas and stuff. So I actually enjoyed that we just, like, focused on the two main people mm. and, like, their developing relationship and, like, their dynamics and stuff. And we just kind of get, like, straight to it. And yeah, it is. They're both very good looking. So that's always a plus. Yeah, it was just like full of really cute scenes, I guess, that you want. Like you want a squeal of a, over a Korean drama. That's what mm-hmm. I'm there for. I want to see yeah. like two people who are friends like cuddle up to each other yeah. accidentally. And in the morning wake up, be like, oh my God. So awkward. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or like accidentally brush hair, you know, from the mm-hmm. face and be like, oh, I feel tension. Like that's what mm-hmm. I want. That's what I'm there for. And it was like four episodes of that. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> It was cute though. I would, yeah. If if it's um, if you don't want to commit to like a sixteen episode drama, mm-hmm. and you just want some like romance. I wouldn't even say it's like really fluffy. I would say it's fairly mature. Mm-hmm. I put on a scale, like, adult. It's like kind of real, like yeah, realistic in a way. Yeah, but I actually didn't mind it. Yeah, it felt different in tone because there's there's not like that slapstick comedy or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like like an actual couple Curious romance. Yeah. 
like with real stakes almost. And it's like questions about like my career and all that adult stuff. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and we watched that with Just Ryan too, and I think he enjoyed it. Because of Han So He, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Just Google image her and you'll be sure to enjoy He's it. Quite the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll um edit in that clip of us squealing at the end. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Just so you can be like, what's it like to watch a show with Princess and Alice? You won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what were you saying about Just Ryan, our favorite person in the world? <laughs> no, I was just going to say Just Ryan bought the Switch Sport. Oh, another, it's another, we've been doing so many activities together. <laughs> so Switch Sports, which is a like variation, I guess, of Wii Sports. I kept calling it Wii Sports. Yeah, me too. Like yeah. Yeah. Me too. But anyway, it, it literally like came out only maybe a week ago or whatever. And we played it because Just Ryan just bought it thank you just right thank you just right for supplying the entertainment it is so fun (laughs) (laughs) this is by the way gamer corner so this is your gaming update from two certified gamer girls (laughs) (laughs) it's so fun so there's like i think there's six different sports there's like volleyball football tennis badminton fencing i'm missing something aren't i bowling Bowling. Mm. is that it yeah, I think there's only six. I was about six at the moment. Yeah, the only con would be there's only six games. So yeah. I, I would hope that Nintendo they've promised golf, but they provide more games because I think in terms of like for the price, it's a bit mm. of a rip off. Yeah, I think there's a few flaws to it. So not only are there only like six things because mm. I think like Wii Sports and stuff, I had like way more. There was like the yoga and like boxing. Mm. There were so many other things that you could do with it. And in addition, it's very much a multiplayer game, which I think yeah. for some people might be a drawback because you can't really do singles for some of the sports. And yeah, that's sort of like, it's just like mm-hmm. silly stuff that they can probably easily update, to be honest. Yeah. But like, just so you know, like, it's probably not as fun to play by yourself um, for yes, certain sports. But playing it together was, oh, I, I think we haven't had that much fun in so long. <laughs> like, I, I mean, we have fun, but like, not like that. Like. <laughs> It's another level. <laughs> yeah, like playing games together. I think mm. our favorites were tennis and volleyball. volleyball. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, those are my favorites. I think tennis is, is easy to pick up because you kind of know the movements and stuff and you play like doubles and stuff. But I, for, for, for sure, volleyball was my favorite. And I can tell you why. <laughs> it was my favorite. <laughs> why was it your favorite, Alice? Because in terms of technical skill, there's like three, so there's the three main movements, right? Where you your digs, your sets, and your spikes. And I think that- Oh, you thought you were, oh yeah. Oh, no, go. It serves. Blocks. A block. you were blocking Sorry, yeah. You were so good at blocking. <laughs> yeah, so you've got your like small variation of like skills like, or skill sets, I guess. Um, and they're fairly easy to pick up. And like being able to not only just use like one, but like a combination of all like mm. skills- and pick it up like really quickly. I think that really adds to the like the dynamics of the game. Like you're like, oh, now I've got to set. Now I've got to do this. Like you have to pick like the appropriate movement. So there's enough mm. variation within the actual game to keep it like engaging. Mm. So you're not just like doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah, that's why I really like the volleyball. It was so fun. I was really getting into it. But I think that's just how I play games as well. Like my whole body just has to like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you play Mario Kart and oh, you I move left body. and you're like, you move left as well. Because <laughs> yeah. that makes you move left in the game. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's how I play. So yes, I was, there was a lot of jumping, like actual mm. jumping in the room. Actual raising arms, actual yeah. digging, actual yeah. setting. Yes. Yeah. When you really don't have to go that far. <laughs> You really only have to like press a button or like, you know, just like move, you just like move your arm like up and down. Like it's very, yeah, it's low, low energy, but mm. you can make it high energy. You can make, I was sweating. Me too. I was, I was like, Why, it's so hot. It's <laughs> I was like, turn on the air conditioning. I had to change into a t-shirt because yeah. it was actually a workout and yeah. I would, yeah, another pro of the game is I think it's extremely easy to pick up so that mm. makes it another good party game because people don't have to like fumble about and learn yeah. you know difficult combos or anything like for me I'm not much of a gamer I could just pick it up and instantly I was like oh yeah I get it like you, you mm-hmm. swing your arm as though you're swinging a tennis racket like there's no yeah. buttons to press or there's very minimal so it's pretty yeah. easy I think pretty to pick up yeah so you just need to like you know slap on the 
the controller, put on sports mode and start swinging and you're playing <laughs> volleyball, baby. Like you're playing badminton. Like I'm there. <laughs> so easy. And I think yeah. the funniest thing that has come out of this game is that we played the bowling, right? Um, <laughs> and we were like smashing it because obviously it's not real bowling. You just have to like, you know, what do you call it? You, like throw your arm forward. Yeah. I'm sure there's a like terminology for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and press a button. Like that's literally all you have to do. And then you get a strike, right? Yeah. And we were just like getting so many strikes. We were getting so confident. And we were like, you know what? Bowling is really easy. <laughs> Keep in mind, I know we've done bowling before in high school. And it, we weren't doing that. Like that wasn't our reality. We weren't like strikes, like four strikes in a row. No, it was, it was terrible. We had no. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. And then for some reason, we, after playing Switch Sports, we were like, you know, we got this. I know exactly how to bowl. And so what we did, we actually went bowling like the very next day <laughs> at strike bowling. And let me tell you guys, it was not the same. <laughs> I was like, once we played the game, I was like, oh, maybe we're good at bowling. Like I was, I literally imagined we waltz into strike, <laughs> just get an aisle. They're like lane two. We get there. I pick up a ball. I just fucking go for it. And it's just like strike, 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 strike. That's what yeah. I saw for us. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure the game will come to life. <laughs> the reality of it was, so we went and we we played with two other friends who were mm. friends on the pod, actually. And the first round, I think everybody got, like, no score. Like, everyone, you know, when the ball goes to the side. You like, <laughs> that was, like, I think one person got a three points or something. And then everyone else got, like, zeros. Yeah. So it was, like, actually so funny because we were all, like, supremely the opposite of what we had hoped to be <laughs> we were also confident so naive and then the moment that all our balls went into the gutter just like just like slap into reality it was just like wake the fuck up like, who were you kidding <laughs> it was definitely a little bit humbling <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> i really had to sit down and reevaluate my yeah. ego <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I guess we have to, have to practice a little bit more in real in real life. But look, we got better. <laughs> yeah, we did. We eventually, yeah, yeah, we got points. We went yeah, great. Exactly. We still went great. I have to say, like, definitely, there's heaps of room for improvement. But mm. I think we could do it if we really try. You know, what? I think <laughs> if we practice, we wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I think it'd be okay. Like decent. Like, not the yeah, best. Yeah, decent. Good enough yeah. to hold our own. Yeah, of and course. If someone were like, "Let's go ball," you'd be like, "Yeah, okay." I can do it. No worries. <laughs> strikes every time. <laughs> I'll get like turkey strikes or whatever. Four in a row. Four in a row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love that. Um, let's make this a reality. Just like yeah. bowling every week or something. Maybe on the Switch. If I <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be good at real bowling? I don't need to. I don't need <laughs> No, nobody needs to. But like it would be nice if you had like that special skill. That's like. True. You know, like, what's a fun fact about you? Like, oh, I'm really good at bowling. <laughs> Is that a fun fact? I don't think I'm so. <laughs> like a goddess in the bowling lanes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's more like a party trick. You get invited. They don't know mm. that about you. Mm. And then you just start smashing it. Pins are flying everywhere. It's yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> Damn. Who is she? Yeah. I thought I knew her, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she has so many multitudes. Like, yeah, I want that. I want mm. that impression. Like, oh, she's like, she's not complex. Sweaty. Like, oh, oh she is. <laughs> you know what? I'm also really bad at lawn balls. Are you? Yeah, remember when we played also bad? bad? No, I was pretty bad. I think you, I don't remember you being that bad. No, I think I was pretty bad. But <laughs> <laughs> lawn balls is like tricky because you have to curve it. Yeah, it's so yeah. hard. Sports yeah, are hard. Sports. sports are hard, but yeah, and I actually my arm hurt the next day. I oh, did it. That's so funny. <laughs> maybe you should have not had maybe you should have gotten a lighter bowl. Oh, no, I meant after switch sports. Oh, after switch sports. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I can't help yeah. me. <laughs> oh, and yeah, so we're playing switch sports with friend of the pod, Mr. W. Mm. <laughs> then did you, did you remember seeing him with an ice pack? Yes. <laughs> the massage gun. It's just so a bunch of warning. old people. Yeah, do some stretches <laughs> if you're born in like in the late 90s or if you're a millennial. Oh, yeah. 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 A millennial and older. Do warm some up. stretches. Yeah, warm up. <laughs> For your own good. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. I mean, that's what we've been up to. To be honest, a little peek behind the curtains. We've mm. took some time off from recording, so I feel a bit like 
are we in the groove? <laughs> Do you feel fresh? Do I feel fresh? I'm like, have I lost the touch? I don't know. I feel like this is going fine. Yeah. But I don't know. It could be really bad. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm editing. No, I think it's going fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So I guess on to Selling Sunset Season 5, which again, we're behind. So this actually, we watched this a couple of weeks ago mm. and we watched this together. And how did we watch it? What do you mean? How do we watch it? Oh, <laughs> on no, the couch? It- I count. <laughs> Is there another way to watch it? Me leaning over the corner of the couch, scoffing Eljana's. <laughs> yes. No, we watched it all in one go. And we yeah, finished we at like 4.30 a.m. Oh, my lordy. It's, it's getting crazy. wild. <laughs> Our weekends are so wild these days. So We're booked yeah. and busy. You know sure. what? I think that's because yeah. we started late and then we watched about half of it and it was probably like fairly late. And then mm. I think we were both just like – you know what we're already halfway we might as well keep going which is obviously not the correct mentality <laughs> like not not it was, that it's incorrect but it's like mm. it's not probably the the smartest or the most natural route to go when it's like already maybe one or two a.m or something you're like yes yeah, so it's just not keep going yeah it's not the mature decision for sure yeah but you know what we need it's really fun yeah it was fun <laughs> so fun i was like that was worth it <laughs> worth it yeah, so the Selling Sunset, the Oppenheim group, the crew are back for mm-hmm. season five, back to mm-hmm. their shenanigans with like, what, 2% on actually selling houses and 98% on fighting. Christine. Yeah, Christine fighting yeah. each other. So, I mean, we always knew that Christine was going to be a big plot point um, considering the ending of season four as well with that big fight at that party. The mm-hmm. other thing they hinted at for season five was the relationship between Jason and Chriselle. So that was another huge plot point for this one. I was thinking at the end of season four that they were going to do more on the new because you know how like that party was all about they opening up a new like office mm. elsewhere or something, right? I thought they were gonna introduce Yeah, so I thought they were gonna start introducing like new agents and stuff, but actually they just kept with the same crew. I think yeah, there's been, Yeah, same crew. I don't think there were any new additions. No, there's one well, there's one new addition, yeah. Um, but she's like sort of a second part of the season thing. Mm. Yeah. Let's start with the Jason Chriselle thing. <laughs> My lord. So, I, mean, I think Right after season four ended, they teased that they had gotten together yeah. romantically. Mm-hmm. And then we saw all the articles coming out. They revealed their relationship. They went public. And then mm-hmm. very, very soon, it was over. Yeah. But then I guess we didn't know, you know, why it had been over, what actually happened in the duration of their relationship. Mm-hmm. We got to see that in season five. So, yeah, the relationship was over before the debut of season five. So I think watching it, watching their relationship, blossom or whatever being shown on season five it was in my back of my head i'm like well this is gonna end like i couldn't like get into it because i'm like well it's over like (laughs) i'm not gonna be invested in this because i know it's over like and in addition to that me not being invested is also due to the lack of chemistry strong 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 negative chemistry i'm like is this fabricated or is this just jason just wanting chriselle because she's hot or something you know what i mean like how much of this is like chriselle wants to date jason because there's nothing about him yeah well i mean the i guess the fact that he's rich but she's also rich yeah, but she's not as rich, you know. Okay, yeah. yeah. But there's negative chemistry. Every time they kissed yeah. or held hands or, like, said anything cute to each other, we were throwing up. Yeah, we were, like, gagging on the couch. We were, like, Ew. Just rubbing his bald head. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I've already told you this, but I was talking about this with someone else. And yeah. she mentioned that it was, like, her rubbing a baby's head. And I was, like, I can't, like, unsee it now. Like, Ew. Yeah, and I think also because, not, not to shame people who are on the shorter side, but the height difference doesn't mm. help with the bold, you know, with the bold head. And yeah, it's baby vibes, but <laughs> oh my God. yeah, it's like gross. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, it's just like no chemistry as well. And then, well, I think part of it, like you said, knowing that they had broken up, you didn't get invested in their relationship. Mm. For me, I think knowing they had broken up made it funnier because mm. they were so gushing, like the, she was full gushing about him. They were so cutesy to each other, mm. like, in the first few episodes. Everyone around them is, like, they're getting married. She's the game changer. Like, he was yeah. one of these. Oh, my God. Game, Ever- game changer, game changer, game changer. Everyone was, was just so like, dramatic. <laughs> and I was just laughing, being like, this is it's going to go up in flames, baby. Like, not end game. Yeah. <laughs> like, just waiting for 
you know, the other shoe to drop and it just to, for them to break up. I was just like, this is not the romance that you are all hyping it up to be. So I found that more amusing, if anything. Yeah. And I think it was really like strange too, like the way that was set up, like knowing that they were going to break up as mm. well. Everyone was just like, oh yeah, she's a game changer. So when are you guys going to have kids? When are you going to marry? I'm like, is this like this isn't normal. You don't say this to people who just started going out. Like, it's so, like, fabricated. Like, it's mm. only to the point of, like, well, you guys you guys know more than we do. Like, <laughs> you guys know this isn't going to last either. So, like, yeah. it's just, like, making shit up. She's <laughs> a game changer, Alice. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, like, I just, like, didn't buy into it. didn't really enjoy it. I think it was just more amusing, yeah, as you said, like, knowing yeah. it's going to break up. That then they're not going to like end up together, but at the same yeah. so at the same time as it being amusing, it is also pointless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, actually, yeah. When the <laughs> first episode started, you get the whole like uh, show rating, like you know, is it PG mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then on the upper left hand corner, it tells you what to look out for, and it said like sex scenes, and we were just like. <gasps> where who and then you we were in a like nightmare scenario thinking what if we have to see them <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's so true we were like looking out for it we're, like half anticipating it and half being like are we just gonna like have to just wash our eyes rinse our eyes bleach, bleach. our eyes <laughs> at the end of this season <laughs> every episode was like okay we didn't have to see them fuck <laughs> what is the next one <laughs> I was like, please, can it be someone else? Yeah, anyone else? Anybody? <laughs> Just not. <laughs> but spoiler, they don't. They don't. They only do kisses. They don't consummate the relationship. <laughs> well, they don't get married, Alice. So how could they? But they did want babies. Mm. You know they how babies get married to do that. Otherwise, it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they don't have sex. Thank God. <laughs> Goodness. Thank Jesus. <laughs> We're still alive because they yeah. haven't. <laughs> we didn't have to worry about it. I guess the other main plot point or like the main drama really like is stemming around Christine again. Mm. I feel like the girls can't shut up about her and then she can't. I think Christine, as much as, as she is delusional and, you know, there's something. A pathological liar. Yes, 100%. <laughs> like yeah. she's definitely, there's something. There's something going on there. <laughs> and to be honest, that's exactly why she's such a compelling TV character. It's why they give her so much airtime. She gives absolutely no shit. And I think the one of the main things as well is that it's coming off really naturally because mm. I don't think she's acting. You think she's just that's who I she is? I think she's just genuinely kind of mm. like that. Like mm. if, it's, if it's acting – it's just like a little tweak to make it more dramatic or, you know, say like those one-liners and stuff. Yeah. But I think genuinely she must think like that. I right. think that is just her personality. Mm. I think that's why she's so watchable because you're like, this is just an interesting person. Oh, shit, for sure. She's the perfect villain for reality TV yeah. show. Like she is fun to watch. Yeah. Not someone you'd want to like be friends with or even oh, no. know or work life. with. No, I would be crying every day yeah, i would be i would be Chriselle being like what the hell oh, she's gonna ruin my life every single day yeah she must be like that genuinely to agree to come off like that <laughs> yeah she must not care that her reputation will yeah. suffer based on her portrayal yeah. i mean I, I think she's like she's quite successful now like she has a book coming out she has her own company real estate company whatever she's married to a millionaire billionaire so she's got that locked up she looks amazing and she'll always have her fans because you know people will always like you know that love her hate her thing she's mm. compelling to watch but yeah she must not care that just from a personal standpoint like oh mm. people hate me or people think I'm really rude and mean yeah because she's still successful like mm. she doesn't need to change I think is the other thing why does she need to be nice when she's making money being herself I think is kind of part of it I think it is. She is probably the main draw of this season or the past few seasons, to be quite honest. Um, without her, the show would suffer. And I think they are sort of, it seems like they're kind of setting it up for her to leave though, but they can't actually have her leave because if she leaves, there's nothing to talk about. So like now they've introduced that new character. I'm going to call her a character, um, Chelsea, who is basically the new 
Christine, I guess. From London. Yeah. But she's not quite as evil. I think she's more of a, like, no bullshit kind of character. Mm-hmm. She's not a mean person. I think she comes off as not mean, but, like, a bit more easily, yeah, impressionable. Like, she yeah. will just absorb what Christine said yeah. and not think critically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, but she's also yeah. quite opinionated as well, which I think works well for reality TV. But I think yeah. it will be a big loss for Selling Sunset if Christine leaves. And I do feel like she will leave. Well, the latest update is that she's officially now left the Oppenheim group. So, mm. I mean, that doesn't mean she has to leave the show, but she's definitely not a real estate mm. agent with them anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if she left. She is basically Selling Sunset to me. I mean, part of it is she's compelling. She's so delusional that you, you're kind of watching her in disbelief. Like, how can you, like, every time someone confronts you with the truth, she mm. she's so easily like manipulates it and twists it around and like turns it back yeah but the other half is just her like her fabulous outfits like you can't help but love watching it like she's so well put together her looks are just incredible and they like everyone else's looks are nothing compared to hers hers are just like on that next level yeah she totally owns everything yeah and she's actually kind of funny I think I (laughs) (laughs) that's really like the worst bit is like she's actually funny yeah Yeah. (laughs) I think, like, you want her to not be funny and, like, you just want to hate her, mm. but you can't help it. You, you know, <laughs> you can't help but like her just a little bit. It's a very, very intriguing person. She's in the right career for sure. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't seem like a real person mm. in a way because she's mm. so, like, in this other world of hers. I don't even know, like, what the drama was this. I think she was just saying stuff to the media and just, like, I think it's like, everyone lies. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like everyone had an issue with her, like separately. She was mm-hmm. always manipulating the truth like in every aspect. Yeah. yeah. Speaking to the media and saying stuff like, oh, Chris Shaw's only getting stuff because she's sleeping with a boss. And like, mm-hmm. just like, you know, all the like mean stuff that she was saying was building up, I think. And then in the end, you have that cliffhanger where she allegedly told Emma's client or tried to steal Emma's client from her. By mm. saying, I'll pay you $5,000. So that's the whole like. And we were hoping for an ending because she was supposed to come to the office and get like HR'd essentially. But mm. she never turned up and then the series ended. And we were just like at 4.30 like, what? Yeah, I think the ending was a bit disappointing because mm. I didn't realize there was going to be that reunion episode. And I think that's probably where they want to wrap things up. Mm. But I would really have rathered a episode set in the future but mm-hmm. like kind of filmed in that same style rather than like a talk show kind of mm-hmm. reunion yeah, yeah i think i want to just watch the drama happen christine's not even attending the reunion then what are they going to talk about she yeah she never she didn't turn up for it apparently oh, that's boring <laughs> exactly it's just going to be them like shit talking her and then i wonder if chelsea's there because that might change things a bit well i'm interested to see what chelsea says yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not that keen to watch a reunion episode, if I'm honest. I'm just, I just want to watch the actual show, mm. wrap it up within that season because yeah. that's what I want from reality TV, to be honest. I don't know when that's coming out, but that's something. It's like slowly creeping further and further away from real estate. Mm. <laughs> there are the some houses are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I have a list of things for you mm. on your reaction. So one of them was Game Changer. So we did cover that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, Chriselle and Jason break up because he doesn't want babies or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was yeah. The whole thing. yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about Chriselle saying that Jason described them two as Amal and George Clooney? Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I remember. I was disgusted. <laughs> she did say that she wasn't trying to make her seem like Amal and George Clooney because they are definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good try. Good try. Anyway, good try. I think that's outrageous to even say. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Emma, Empanada Emma and her Mezcal boyfriend? Oh my goodness. I think we were hoping that that would be the sex scene because <laughs> there's actual chemistry and they just kept filming them together for no reason. They weren't really doing much. They were just like, you know, flirting and then she was going to do a project with him and then it's just like they were just kept drinking Mezcal and eating Empanadas. <laughs> it was like really a bunch of nothing happening. So you're kind of like, well, surely this is going to be the sex scene. Yeah, uh, we never got it. I don't think we ever got just kept it. Eating. Yeah, yeah, remember what we got though? Oh, anyway, it was just seemed like a way to spruik both her empanadas and his mezcal. It just yeah. seemed like a spruik. Like an advertisement, yeah. yeah. Remember the sex scene where like that lady got onto the kitchen counter and spread her legs? Okay, that's was- not a sex scene. She just 
did that was the closest that we got. Yeah, I think it might have been alluding to that, but yeah. like, come on. Like she was just mimicking. She wasn't yeah, doing anything. She was just saying like this is what she would do on the kitchen counter. Like she <laughs> she wasn't actually doing yeah. it. Like she was fully clothed, she was just having a bit of funsies. Yeah, that was disappointing to be honest. Um, what about Emma walking on that ledge of that infinity pool and nearly oh falling off and cracking her neck and potentially dying? Okay, she didn't almost do that, but she yeah, could imagine if she that. Did. Yeah, the risk was there. Okay, if she did, then they obviously wouldn't show it. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd be like, beep, and then it's like, Emma yeah. died. <laughs> Emma's funeral. This episode is dedicated to Emma. <laughs> At a funeral, they'll serve her empanadas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Empanada. Um, mm. But yeah, like, uh, look, I don't know. I just felt like if we take away the Christine drama and the Chriselle drama, then it's very boring. If I'm being very honest. Very honest. I think the other highlights were in the subs. Every time Emma said fuckboy, they spelt it as F-U-C-C-B-O-I. <laughs> they got it right. <laughs> and then I was surprisingly impressed and, you know, shocked that I felt this way. Impressed with Davina and Heather. Look, Especially Heather. Heather had, Heather grew up. Ever since she got married, I reckon, or engaged even, I think that that boy has done good things for her. And, her, and his kids. Because she's like a mom now. Yeah. yeah. Mom. I yeah. think yeah, she's she's really matured. Like she's kind of gone from this like, I don't know, she kind of came off as a bit like silly and just like kind of bimbo valley girl kind mm-hmm. of vibes. And she's actually like grown into a, like a, a matured person, mm-hmm. uh, even in her interactions with Christine and stuff. So I think we saw a few of those conversations where she was – she previously would have just been like walked out or stormed out or something, but she actually wanted to have like a decent conversation to try and get through to Christine whether she wanted it or not. So that was really good. Davina, we the edits of Davina are so oh, funny. That's what I wanted. Yeah, they I are did, so funny. so dirty. The editor hates Davina because she looks like an idiot. <laughs> it's so funny because you can tell she is trying her damn hardest to keep her job, as she should, mm. but. I think because of what happened on season one, she does, she is holding back. You can tell she's holding mm. back, right? Because she doesn't feel like if she, she can be open about how she feels about certain things because it will make her look bad. And mm. I think that's sort of sad for her because she can't be as open as the other girls are on the show because she'll just get flamed. But also, it makes her look so like stupid. Like, yes. Yeah, it makes her look like she's just like some sheep just being like, ha, ha, ha. Yes, like, that's literally like the only edits we get of her. No, the edits are always delayed in a way where yeah. she seems like that hanger on who's like, I, I want to be a part of this guy. I'm so here, guys. Guys, yeah. Yeah. So the girls are all laughing. She'd be like, yeah, yeah like one yeah. second delayed. It didn't have to be like that. They didn't have to edit it like that. They didn't but have so to like, put her in like that, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, uh-huh, yeah, me too. <laughs> sort of like this poor girl <laughs> is trying so hard. Oh, oh Davina. Yeah. And no. she goes back begging that guy with the $75 million house for another mm-hmm. job. So we'll see how that goes. Well, he gave her a lease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel, I do feel bad for her. Like, it does really seem like she's getting the worst end of the deal. Like, she might as well not be on the show, to be honest. Like, she'd be far happier. <laughs> <laughs> and the last bit of news from me. Uh, I think one of the highlights for me was Tina, which was Brett's girlfriend. She didn't even get a name until like episode two or anything. Like, who is this tattooed woman? And she's the most, I feel like she was sort of like the audience surrogate because she seemed somewhat normal and she was so weirded out by everything happening and be like, what? Like, why why are you fighting? Like, no, guys, chill. Yeah, because you know, like when she's in those conversations with like Jason and Chriselle and stuff, they're like they're putting up an act because it's for the show, right? They mm-hmm. have they know because it's their job. They know <laughs> like they have to bring out certain topics and like you know dramatize them in a way that's like good for television. Where she's just like, I thought we were just here for dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she's like clearly like in a different. She's coming from a different world, which is not yeah. coming from a reality TV experience and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it's actually quite funny to, like, see that little interjections and everyone's just, like, chill, no, Tina. No, no, Tina, <laughs> we have to talk about this. Yeah. You don't the understand. cameras are rolling. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about Christine right now. Yeah. <laughs> we can't move on. <laughs> but sad to let you know that um, Brett and Tina have actually broken up. Oh, of course. Those twins mm-hmm. cannot be held down, I'm telling you. <laughs> he was the game changer. <laughs> She's actually a model from Australia. Love that for her. We did pick up on the accent. Yeah, co-owns Sugar Taco, a Mexican restaurant that serves solely plant-based options. 
and so the plant butcher is a vegan butcher shop. Is that in Sydney? No, I think it's in LA. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so she's so, yeah. somebody. She's somebody. <laughs> in LA. She's a vegan somebody. Yeah. Ooh, love that for her. She dated Brian Austin Green after a split with ex-wife Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. And she was later linked to rapping Sean Diddy Combs. Love that for her. What a career. <laughs> <laughs> what a resume. <laughs> Anyway, sad to know she won't be coming back for season uh, six. That's all right. I hope he, I hope Brett gets another normie girlfriend. <laughs> yes. For us to just relate to. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I think the season season five was as compelling as always. Mm. I'm ready for season six. I will be watching. Yeah, definitely so will be watching. To watch. Honestly, it took no brain cells. It was, <laughs> it was no very easy. Yeah. I think it's exactly what we needed on, like, a Friday night to just, mm. like, zone out and, like, sit. <laughs> literally on the couch yeah no movement nothing no, nothing. no thought no not a single thought just <laughs> throwing up because of jason and chris <laughs> every time they kiss disgusting <laughs> and when she was like trying to be so genuine being like he's so sweet like he really understands me we're on the same level i was like shut up mm. this ain't it <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you guys are about to break up in six episodes. <laughs> this is not the happy ending you're dreaming of. <laughs> and then the other thing we watched, I guess, is White Hot, mm-hmm. the rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah, a very interesting story. I feel like I didn't know too much about like the back end of like the history of Abercrombie and Fitch. Mm. I think I like, had it somewhere floating around in the back of my mind maybe um that I'd heard whatever but I didn't actually know like the full story I think now that we are like talking about things like Victoria's Secret and you know you know Playboy about like companies how they became popular what what they've done to become popular the people behind it and those evil scheming you know CEOs and things (laughs) like that I think like it's topical right and Mm. I mean Fitch is definitely I think kind of lands in that space especially in 2022 when we're like re-evaluating our ethics I guess or business Mm -hmm. ethics so yeah interesting time for it to kind of come out it's weird because also Abercrombie Beach is not super huge in Australia so it's like just bizarre to think like I'm sure yeah I think we we just missed out on like the whole boom of it I think I think it was like really interesting watching it from an Australian perspective and I wanted to ask you about like what you remember Abercrombie and Fitch as because – and you have a story to tell me. <laughs> you have a story to tell me. But anyway, like, yeah, because I, I was watching, I was like, well, I knew it was a brand. I knew it existed in America mm. and I knew that it was popular and, like, cool in quotation marks because it mm. featured in so many – like, we get a, we got a lot of American media TV shows, like the pop culture celebrities. It's all sort of mm. US-based. So I knew it was cool, but it wasn't, like, a brand that was easily accessible to us when we were growing up as teenagers. Like, there were no shops here. And I think I didn't know – the the sort of vibe that it had because the documentary goes into how it was very much about like white like upper class rich sort of preppy that sort of look and that sort of Mm -hmm. vibe and all that and I just didn't know anything I just knew it was a brand that existed and it was cool it would have been cool to wear I just couldn't wear it because I didn't have it (laughs) yeah like we didn't have access to it Mm. yeah because I think like I think to me Abercrombie was like that cool preppy frat boy almost Mm -hmm. kind of vibe not not really for like the everyday person, which I think mm. is kind of what the documentary like was saying that everybody was wearing it at one mm. stage. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's cool because it's like American and it's cool in America. Yeah, like, that's exactly. How I that's right. Yeah, and so like I kind of I, I think I aspired to have, like mm. own it because I think it was like, oh, it's like cool. It's like American. I don't know. Like yeah, American cool. culture. Because we're from Australia, we can't get those things, and everyone else seems to be able to. So, like, I think we missed out on a lot of those things because we didn't have access to it. This is before, I, I guess, all the stores started coming to Australia. You know, before H and M. Like, it's it's weird to think that, that hasn't been around for that long, right? Like, you know, Forever Twenty One, Sephora. You know, yeah. Gap came here briefly. Victoria's Secret. Those were all brands that were sort of like a distant thing for us where we were like oh it would be great if they came here but we're never gonna be like you'd have to go to America to get it yeah, that was exactly. the thing then yeah so okay it's not like a long story or anything but I just want to say that I actually do have a photo with an Abercrombie and Fitch model <laughs> it's a Polaroid I need to still 
I still need to dig it up for you because I it's somewhere in my drawer yeah, at yeah. home. But I guess the story behind it is like my mom and I went to New York. Um, we were in America for a holiday and we went to New York for a few days. And then we wanted to go to an Abercrombie and Fitch store because like it's New York or in America. Like we don't have these things. So I was like, yeah, we go to Abercrombie and Fitch store. And there was a line outside the store and mm-hmm. we were joined the line because we were like, oh, there must be a sale. <laughs> that was our immediate <laughs> thoughts. Like, oh, there's a sale. On. That's why people are lining up. Yeah. I think that's just. Yeah, maybe it's just our mentality, you know, we'll just, you know, in cheapskates <laughs> yeah. or something. So we lined up and then we eventually got to the store and like walked in and there was like this like guy with no shirt on and just jeans, you know, like the classic Abercrombie yeah, fit. And I was like, oh, the camera. And as I, I, as I walked in, she was just like, oh, do you want to take a photo with the model? And I was like, it was like five seconds of thought in my head being like, I think my initial reaction was like, no, what the hell? <laughs> I don't even know him. <laughs> exactly. Like, is he famous? I don't, like, I don't think so. <laughs> and then I think like after that, I was just kind of like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm in Abercrombie and Fitch. This is an Abercrombie and Fitch model. It's like the quintessential yeah. like model. So I'm like, well, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not going to cost me anything. It's no harm. So in that five seconds, I was just like, okay <laughs> so I took this photo with this other comedy bitch model and I'm just like cool and then Love we walked it. in the store and you know what there was no sale <laughs> okay. Damn. I, think, I think people were literally lining up to take photos of this model okay fair enough yeah. but so that's my like quick experience I suppose um with other mm. and fish. it was just and like you a really good got that photo for me I really do need to mm-hmm. I think yeah it's exactly what you expect it's just a man with no shirt <laughs> I've never seen that before. I'm <laughs> um, wearing blue jeans. I think he was wearing like sandals as well. Oh, I don't know if that was if he meant to be. It must be. He must be part of the uniform. But it's just yeah. like very strange, strange experience because I was like totally not expecting it. I guess that's how they do their marketing. I guess so. The only yeah, I, I've the first time I went into a store was like 2013. Mm. So that was via Canada, and then. Um, as I was watching the documentary, I was like, oh, this is why the store was like that. Because it was exactly how the documentary described. It was dark. You could barely see into it. It smelled really funny. Like, it was such a weird, like, I can't see anything. Like, it's just pictures of, like, naked men everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that. But now I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, that was part of their strategy. They were deliberately mm-hmm. trying to create that sort of atmosphere and vibe. And that set them apart. And it was it was considered cool. And I, I just remember being there and being like, what the hell? I can't see anything. Yeah, I think it's strange because, like, yeah, you have an idea of what a store should look like. Mm. And when you walk past an Abercrombie store, like, the shutters are down. You can't yeah. see any stock inside. So if you don't know what it is, you'd be like, what the hell is that? And then you probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably just, like, walk past. Mm. So it's only for people in the know, I suppose. Exclusive. Yeah. And I think the other thing for me was when I actually went into an Abercrombie store, I was not impressed or blown away by the clothes as well. I was like, well, these are just like T-shirts with logos. That's how I felt watching the documentary because I think I thought the clothes were cooler. But mm-hmm. you're going there and it's just like seeing this documentary again. It's like these are just really – these are your basics with the logo mm-hmm. on it. There was nothing mm-hmm. special about it. Mm-hmm. I guess like it's maybe just the – I guess with any branded clothing, brand, like, yeah. it's like the branding of it, which I, yeah, I get. But mm. it was just like, yeah, it was just very interesting to like see. And I was not surprised by, I was not surprised, but also kind of a little bit surprised that the store was originally owned by, what's his name? The guy who owned um, Victoria's Secret and made yeah. that like a huge thing. I was like, ah, uh, this, it all kind of connects now. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It all kind of is falling into, you know, yeah. What, yeah. what do you expect? So I guess the documentary goes into just like the unethical practices that happen behind the brand. So one of the main things is their hiring practices. So they were pretty explicitly racist internally. Like the image that they wanted to portray was like, you know, the all-American white person. Um, and in their hiring practices, it was like, first, they have to be good looking, which is one thing. But then if you were a hijab or if you were black or brown or Asian, you might get hired maybe to stock the stores at nighttime, but you could never be out in the during the day, day shifts, mm. because you were not the image that they wanted to portray, not the sort of mm. audience they wanted to cater to. So then they got dragged through this whole like court case, obviously, because 
you can't do that. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think this happened around that 2013, maybe 2012, that sort of era. And I can't say I remember it from that age. Mm. Like something where you watch where like I remember this happening. Yeah, I think it kind of escaped us because I think Abercrombie wasn't like a huge thing. Yeah. Here. We didn't have like, we weren't privy to that information. So yeah, like it's kind of this weird thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, like you kind of know, but you don't really know about all of that. Like they were, yeah, explicitly hiring good looking people. Um, who, who fit a certain criteria like they literally had like a guidebook on what you could wear what you couldn't wear you know jewelry had to be minimal you had to have your hair a certain way and then uh, apparently like the guy who was in the who was the CEO I forget his name now but he was like visiting stores and like checking out the employees to make sure that they were actually good looking so when they when the stores knew that he was coming they would like put out their best looking employees out on the floor like that's just like wild to me like the fact that you would have to think about doing that when yeah. you you know not about competency or anything skill-based it's literally like who looks the best that's the kind of person that you want representing your store rather than someone who actually can sell your store well mm-hmm. using their own skills and their you know knowledge mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's just like mm-hmm. just so so strange to think that that actually happened mm-hmm. the other thing they go into or the they go, I mean, a lot of the company was fucked up on so many different levels. But another thing they go into was the racist T-shirts. So they oh, made all yeah. these slogan shirts. And one of them featured like a racist joke about two Wongs don't make a white. And it's like, you know, a caricature of like Asian, an Asian person working in a laundromat or something with this sort of uh, Chinese takeout, Kung Fu racist fonts, etc. And that became this whole like tipping point, I guess, got a lot of media attention and helped expose Abercrombie as like a racist company. And yeah, that was something I hadn't I hadn't heard about. Yeah. So if you go into Diet Prada, that Instagram mm-hmm. account, yeah. they have like examples of like t-shirts that they actually sold in store. Mm-hmm. So some examples of like what was literally printed on t-shirts and sold to real people. people. Yeah. So there's and real like, people bought them and wore and them. Bought them. <laughs> yeah. So there's a slogan that says, I'm not allowed to date unless you're hot. <laughs> one of them says, do I make you look fat? Um, the other one is the island of Lesbos, every man's dream. Mm. Freshman 15 and it has a bunch of people's names under it. Mm. And yeah, the Wong brothers, the laundry service, two Wongs can make it white. And then one's like, hola, teach mm. me to roll my R's. Mm. It's a strange, strange time to be alive. Mm. You know, in Australia, yeah. back in the day when we had slogan T-shirts like this, we just had, you know, references to the OC. <laughs> <laughs> Team Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days. Uh, yeah, never, of, it, yeah. We would never ever wear a like, so explicitly <laughs> racist, sexist, every ist there is. <laughs> It's wild. Yeah, it's actually and wild. They rightfully got flamed for it. Uh, yeah, I think the craziest thing for me watching this documentary, like all the shit that happened, that t-shirt thing, the hiring practices, the all the weird stuff, the harassment of the models and all that. It's just like it didn't really happen that long ago. Like it's I... not like we're we're you know looking back and be like fuck the like eighteen hundreds a while. Mm-hmm. Like people just didn't know how to be kind to each other. It's literally just a couple of decades ago, and it's like. God, it really, it hasn't been that long. Like, it yeah. really hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long at all. It was like, yeah, yeah the 2000. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild that it even happened. It's also wild that it didn't happen that long ago. But, mm. I mean, I think Abercrombie has, has had to do, like, a whole rebranding thing and not because of this documentary, but um, they've been working on it for, I think, a few years, rightfully so, because of the, all the bad press that has been about about it i think they'll be working even harder now that the documentary has been released as well so it's been a while they don't do those practices anymore i would hope hopefully but whether the company's doing well or not i'm not actually sure yeah because it's one of those brands that i think just you know shone so brightly during the 2000s mm. we have other examples like von dutch ed hardy ed hardy <laughs> Even just like brands like Seven for All Mankind Jeans, like those are mm-hmm. the brands that I always heard about that in like Total War magazine or, you know, just like Girlfriend mm-hmm. magazine. Those are the ones that the American celebrities were wearing that now just seem to have disappeared mm-hmm. and are trying to like 
I think, yeah, I think Abercrombie is trying to kind of recover and, mm. you know, rebrand themselves, like you said. And now they're very much branding themselves as a place that celebrates, you know, equality and diversity and pride and all these sort of mm. things, you know, body inclusivity, positivity. So mm. their approach is very much different to what they had in the past, which was like chiseled naked men. Mm. I mean, yeah. they have to, they really do. If they want to like continue to keep selling their clothing or, you know, being alive and stuff, like you just can't have those values anymore and survive. It's not commercially viable. And I think mm. the same thing, Playboy has gone through something very similar because I think there's recently been a documentary on what happened to girls inside the Playboy mansion. Mm. Bad thing. Mm. Surprise. So it's very much like that brand trying to acknowledge we were shit, but I promise you we're better so keep giving us money mm. <laughs> yeah but should we i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah this is yeah i think this, it's hard know. like i mean you know you could you could say a lot about it but how you're capitalizing on like mm. it's like our brand during pride month release a rainbow thing and then donate to anti-lgbtq politicians mm. it's like well what do you want yeah Who are you, you, you can't have both right yeah. I mean, I get it from a company point of view, not condoning it, but I get it. Like, you know, you want to do what's best for you commercially and that is marketing, doing things. Like it's hard to believe that many companies would be completely ethical because if you were completely ethical, you probably wouldn't make much money and then you wouldn't be able to survive, you know, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) It's hard, Mm. basically. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I wonder... For example, with things like Playboy, whether I'd be happy to just like let go. I mean, I was never like a huge Playboy consumer, so <laughs> whether I, you know, continue to not buy it, <laughs> <laughs> crying over the loss of yeah, it. like I don't think it would be like that bad. Did you ha- did you buy anything Abercrombie that time you were in America? Um, I might have like a few sweatshirts and stuff. Yeah, nothing really major to be honest. I think I have a Hollister hoodie i don't think yeah I buying anything from Abercrombie. yeah i think i have like a, some sort of sweatshirt but i don't mm. wear it. i don't even know where it is at the moment so yeah not not a huge it didn't sweep me away especially at that age i think you know that photo you have now it's like a relic of the past because you can't they're not going to do that anymore have shirtless mm, models true. Mm. true you can be like back in my day that's <laughs> hey they used to have shirtless men outside Abercrombie. yeah that you can take photos with yeah, it is. It is vintage. It yeah. was a long time ago. <laughs> How old would would you have been? I was in um, sixteen or something. No, I think I was in uni. Oh, really? Okay, but like early uni, like twenty or something like that. Nineteen or twenty? Mm-mm. So literally a decade ago. Yeah, great. Yeah, I should. I definitely need to show you it. It's nothing yeah. like. But it's just like funny, I think. I because know, I would love to see it. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. Because, do you remember? Um, well, taller than me. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very hard. Wow. I don't, I don't think he was that tall from, okay. from memory. Yeah, I really like thought nothing of it. I, I didn't even think like, oh, wow, like he's hot or anything. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. like objectively good looking, but I think I was just in shock. <laughs> I just will never have a back at home. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like. Okay, I was just I'll just do this thing because it just feels like I'm in a different country. I should just do it. Like it's no hard is their culture. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just whatever. Like it's no yeah, it's no big deal. Mm. So I'll just do it. So yeah, yeah now now I'm now I'm kinda glad that I did actually do it because yeah, you never be able to do something like this ever ever again. I think my main takeaway from the documentary was like it's awful and mm. culture was so shit back then. And I think all the stuff coming out about Britney and like Paris or even just like the 90s and early 2000s being hell for people, especially like women and minorities. It's like, I'm not surprised this happened, of but I'm disappointed. Not. Yeah, I'm not. disappointed that it was only like 20 something years ago. I know, but I feel like yeah. every era, there's going to be something that's happened and we're all just going to be like, I can't believe like that happened. Like even we think about like the 80s and stuff, like it was even worse. Yeah. You can, yeah. God, it was just so bad. Changing, changing times is new ways to treat people badly, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Wow. So, like, I felt like that's a bit of a downer, right? Like, to end on that note. Everyone's shit. Corporations are bad. Capitalism is bad. And we're all just going to die when the earth burns up with the sun because no one's doing anything about climate change. Thank you very much. Yes. We're just going to, like, 
be buried with all our plastic goods, basically. Yeah. All the microplastics <laughs> in my body are going to take over me and then, and then the ocean is going to slowly rise and like form, you know, a new thing and yeah. take over the world and Love basically what? <laughs> basically fine guys whatever like what can i do well, there's nothing we can do about it <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but anyway we'll still keep watching tv you know <laughs> yes just dull our senses <laughs> like the small things in life like yeah. i don't know yeah what's new next week what are we doing next week next week so, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, this is like a throwback episode for us as well because I think we haven't done this in a while, which is watch an old movie and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original brief, <laughs> the pitch for this podcast. And now we're like talking about Batman, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah. Just listen to us. Listen yeah. to the sound okay. of our voices. So, yeah, I guess we'll... Yeah, it's actually the I think twenty fifth anniversary of that movie. So have you seen it before? I don't think I think I've watched it, but not fully. Like not paying attention. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 Interesting. Okay. Mm. You have thoughts on it? I yeah, I've I've watched it before. Mm -hmm. Okay, not to skip ahead, but I think I actually quite enjoyed it when I did watch it. I think even if purely just for the outfits. Oh, yeah, they, yes. The outfits are iconic. Yeah. yeah iconic. <laughs> Romy and Michelle's outfits. The friendship is iconic. Let's be real. Mm. But, yeah. Okay. Good fun. I'm looking forward to it. And until then. I was thinking, Alice, uh. we could introduce um, an ending line <gasps> where you say stuff like, you can follow us on this and this. Oh. Yes, you can. You can follow us on TikTok, on Instagram <laughs> and on Spotify slash Apple Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll think of something later. <laughs> That'll be it for this week. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff's in the description, so yeah, just go the, there. Just read the description box. It's in there every single week. Follow us on multiple platforms. Stop being lazy. If you want to. Don't give us a like. To. Give us a sub subscribe. Give us a review. Just do everything. Give us a Talk follow. To us. Listen to yeah. us. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. Hi. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention the Met Gala. Oh, it's a bit of a shit show. Just quickly. Just your favorite. Which one was your favorite? Oh God, was my favorite. I feel like five, four. Three. Oh my God. You know what? Okay, my favorites are Blake oh, Lively. Okay. I feel like Amen. everyone likes Blake, Blake Lively's look. Emma Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Really enough, I really liked her outfit. I thought it was really cute and fun and sort of like reminiscent. Oh, God, what, did, what is her name? Megan the Stallion. She looked really good. Mm-hmm. That was Gilded. Gilded, yeah. I feel like there were a lot of good looks, but nothing like I thought I was like, oh, my God, I love that. You know what I mean? I liked Blake Lively's. Lively's I liked everyone like it was gold, like it was gilded. Yeah, fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, you looked good. Like it was whatever. And I liked Emma Chamberlain's. Wait, we're getting a message. We're getting a message, Alice. Oh, Cara Delevingne. Oh, Cara Delevingne, no. What? No. Did you see her jacket? (laughs) Also, she was wearing gold nipple pasties. Like, come on, this is a Met (laughs) Gala. Anyway, I didn't like straight up. No, yeah, straight up. No, sorry, that's not fashion. Um, she always looked really bad at the Met Gala. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) There there was so there were a few that was like, oh, they look really good. It was in black with the two piece. But anyway, most people weren't on theme, and I'm just gonna say once again, my plea: you have all the money and resources and time in the world, do better. You know what? I agree with that, but also people are too afraid to, like, look bad. Do you know – I hate that I'm saying this, but actually – I like Normani. Oh, okay. I was going to say Normani. But actually, I liked what Bella Hadid wore. But I hate that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> what I did like it. <laughs> she was good. I just think her styling was just, like, on point. And that dress was, like, a really modern take on that, that like, old school silhouette. Mm-hmm. 
and I liked her makeup a lot. I feel I feel like it was very of the time, mm. um, so but kept it fresh. So I liked that. Kim Kardashian with the iconic Marilyn Monroe dress. She knows how to steal a show. Like oh, she's gonna God. wear a thirteen thousand dollar million dollar gown, um, even for like just the entrance. Like that's iconic in itself. Rather than she looked amazing in it, or like it particularly was on theme or anything. It kind of was. I hated Kylie's look and a yeah. lot of the men. The men who just came in a regular black suit. Mm. I was it very disappointing as well. As much as I love like all the people who came with Louis Vuitton, like all their clients basically looks really bad. Like they not on point. So basic, yeah. I think that was like it was Emma Chamberlain. So she wore Louis Vuitton. She, she looked yeah. good. Jimmy Chan looks okay too, but everyone else was just it was disappointing to be quite honest. Good game girl looks so basic. I wasn't like just going to a club. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed Met for her. Gala. I wasn't yeah. blown away by this year's um this year's club, I liked Madeline Pesh Pink Riverdale dress. Girl. No, you didn't see. Yeah, those are our quick thoughts on the Met Gala. I hope the celebrities do better next year. It's the least yeah. they can do for us. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see interesting things as well. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's like a big thing. Like I just want to be interested. Anyway, thanks for listening. Oh, apparently Nicola and Pelts Beckham was looked good as well. And she wore like black and uh, pink. Mm. Makeup looked cute. Yeah, she looked cute. Anyway, those are the hot takes from Just Ryan, Carla Delevingne, and Ms. Beckham. I Thanks, disagree with Carla Delevingne, but yeah, the other girl was good. It's one, one out of two. <laughs> He's getting there. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Oh, Why is he suddenly so brave? Because he knows that she's accepted his sarang. <gasps> the kid That's a kid. It's a big kiss. Oh. It's a cute kiss. Oh my god, it's a long kiss. Because <laughs> it's so sarang. Why, why is it fair now? Eight years of I think that's it.